Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to man you know on Twitter as JeppetET. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. It was a bit of a low-scoring round last week. A few tags in there as well, and uh, yeah, a few things didn't go to plan, that's for sure. Yeah, I felt like I copped every bullet, mate. Uh, Merritt, Stewart, Bruce. It was a really tough round for myself, yeah. Yeah, it was certainly a couple of situations that we had to monitor going into last week. And, uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of uh, tough scores out there, that's for sure, as well. All right, would you consider trading players out that are highly likely to be tagged with ownership, with high ownership, in the final few weeks of the season? Funny you mentioned that, mate. I um, I actually did it last week, and I would continue to do it for the last two rounds, but I actually traded Bonson Pelly to Rowan Marshall last week as a bit of a, you know, getting rid of one of those high ownership players that I thought could be mediocre. Corky to Bont uh, the week before as well was was easy you know, to make the decision. But, yeah, definitely, definitely playing with ownership numbers now in the last couple of weeks and, and going a bit different, um, hoping to to jag a variance, and it worked with Marshall, um, you know, twenty odd points uh, above uh, Bond for the week. Yeah, Merritt and Miller were clearly on the agenda last week for tagging roles. Having a strong bench uh, with loop options can provide an alternative to trading a player out. So, you know, some people did loop in high rank coaches, Hollands. Um, and benched a premium top scoring player on the weekend. So imagine having Hollands into, you know, somebody was potentially looking to tag. So it's just one advantage there rather than just actually trade them out. Yep. Yeah, look, the Hollands thing was uh, was quite a surprise from my end, um, given what we saw and especially with his role. So well done to the young fella and he deserved his rising star nomination. But yeah, coaches, fantasy coaches, blessed with that and, and playing with those um scenarios or, or that situation and, and, you know, using the loop to get Hollands was was a great thing for the week. You know, it was probably one of the biggest positives of fantasy for the week. So, well done. Um, definitely you continue with those things. I mean, Carmichael's showing a ceiling already and, and, and same with Mitch Owens and they're pretty popular bench cover at the moment. This is a critical part of the season to keep in mind role changes for teams that will miss finals and are also evaluating their lists. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So, like, the bottom eight teams, well, you know, bottom nine, ten teams, they're likely going to experiment if they add to the finals race. So we just keep an eye on these things. Um, there's a few minor changes happening. I don't think there's anything fantasy-worthy to to be surprised of. Um but GWS is probably the most fluid situation now where Mark Vay is just moving the magnets again and and causing us a bit of grief. But, um, you know, Josh Kelly is an example of not getting one CBA, I believe, on the weekend, which is just crazy, in my opinion, um, as an outsider. So, yeah, we definitely need to look at it. It, it. You know, a lot of us that are in the know of footy and watch most games will we'll pick up on this stuff, but... You know, Gus Brayshaw is the other one playing more inside mid-time um, and they're not in the bottom eight. They're obviously striving for top four. So it goes both ways. Yeah, last week Harry Perriman straight to Merritt in the middle of the ground. So, you know, teams 
who are messing things around this time of the year, you know, that's going to impact some other players. So Kelly out of there, Perryman in there, sent a bouncer straight on the merit uh, and did a complete shutdown on him. Uh, yeah, and Hawthorne in that mix as well. So I've got to imagine, like, maybe even like a Tom Mitchell sees less than a bounce usage over the last couple of weeks. So that might be an opportunity for, for Ward and, you know, more maybe to get in there a little bit more, you know, because they only got two live games to finish off the season for senior coaches and then it's back into pre-season mode. So, and they don't get to go again until next year. So it's, it's a really good look for some coaches now looking you know, with a, a long-term view to the start of next season and, and how, how and where they they see their team at for round one next season. Already, sometimes trades actually just don't work. Jep, your thoughts there? Oh, well, look, I think it's common now with some of these luxury trades, we can trade out one of um, our previously owned players that can outscore the, the newbie that comes in. And again, my other trade of last week was bringing in um, Gus Brayshaw for... James Sicily, who uh, outscored, well, Sicily outscored Brayshaw by a, a solid one point total. But, um, you know, it can happen, and it can happen in a lot worse uh, worse cases. So we, we just, I, I maintain that we use the data that we have and, and back yourself into decisions and role and who's getting it. Uh, you know, the most, effectively, the most um, time on ground and, and minutes in the midfield and likely to score and, and back the data, and look, sometimes it won't go your way. There are outliers and anomalies that just um, sting coaches here and there. Yeah, my two trades last week uh, to bring in Tom Stewart, straight tagged by Mitch Owens last week and completely shut out of the game, and Connor Rosie, so um, assess for knee injury in the game. So sometimes, like, it still had a pretty good scoring week, but sometimes just the trades just didn't work. And, uh, yeah, I want a Stewart in for the remainder of the year, especially that last game coming up as well. Because I just do think he can actually go nuts in that game. But, um, yeah, he copped the tag against the Saints, which was a chance. But, you know, he can he can chunk it up for 50 points in a quarter quite easily. So I thought if that was a, if that was going to happen, he could still get there anyway. But he, he never really got there. And he just completely shut out of the game. And Geelong did mine, and the game was pretty much over at halftime anyway. So, yeah, just some trades just don't work. So, anyway, we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is pretty round 22. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, August 9. And, of course, the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. The likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. And the last one, the late one last week was Tim Taranto, Jep. So that sort of just threw another spanner in the work. So, uh, yeah, it was just the late-breaking one there on Friday for, you know, that was concussion too, so from the previous game, so he will miss this week. So, yeah, just obviously got to pay attention to um, news right up until game time there as well. Alrighty, on to ownership for round 21. So top 25 ownership, 20% or higher on ground, and might drop below on a few. So into the rucks, Jeff, Max Scorn, 72%, Team English, 76%, Rowan Marshall up at 84%. So most going with that trio, obviously you can flip them into the forward line as well for Marshall and English. And Braden Proust there at 16%, Rolly O'Brien 8%, and Jared Witts, good score last week, 4%. Thoughts there? Oh, look, that, that's pretty uh, accustomed to what we'd expect, isn't it? Well, I don't think there's any surprises in the ruck line from now for the last couple of weeks, especially now Grundy has been confirmed he'll miss the rest of the season. On to the defenders, Jack Sinclair, 96%, John Dawson, 92%, Sam Doherty, 92%, Jack Crisp, 84%, Jaden Short, 
48%, James Sisley 44%, so a bit of a drop off there over the last few weeks. And Top Stewart 44%, Nick Dacos 28%, still some ownership there. Harry Himmelberg 28%, and Angus Brayshaw a little bit of ownership there, 24%. Thoughts there? Yeah, I still look. There's shorts still got pretty high ownership, and I'm sure their owner, his owners, are looking to offload or trade. I, Jack Crisp had a phenomenal last quarter um, that effectively got the pies over the line, in my opinion, in, over the D's. That was just a cracking game of footy. Mm-hmm. And Crisp, if he doesn't poll votes, there's something wrong. He was just fantastic. So, I um, yeah, Crisp, Short, Sicily, they can all be traded now and traded. You know they've done their job, and you you got to uh, try and get these extra gains, 20 points here, 30 points there, and I I think they're unders. I think Gus Brayshaw's in for a big last couple of games. Um, obviously Sinclair, Doherty, those the likely types, but it's the other types like the Luke Ryan's who who put on a show last weekend, and, and his younger counterpart in Hayden Young. Onto the midfield there, Andrew Brayshaw 100%, Rory Laird 96%, Callum Mills 96%. Jack Steele, 92%. Chick Miller, 92%. Zach Merritt, 88%. Lockie Neal, 84%. And Jack McRae, that's 76 And Clayton Oliver, uh, good trading last week. He scored against Collingwood, 28%. And you've got to imagine this week, uh, Patrick Cripps now ruled out for the last couple of weeks of the season. You know, the Blues are without Hewitt. The Blues are without Patrick Cripps. And the Blues are also without Kennedy. So... You know, Chera, Walsh, Dow in there. You've got to imagine, you know, Petrarca is in this mix as well, but uh, Clayton Oliver this week, he might just go nuts again. So I've got to imagine there might be even a bit more of a spike this week on Oliver. So just a thoughts on those, including Oliver there, Jeff. Yeah, look, a great get for um, for Oliver owners that um, brought him back in after his week off. I, I thought, um, well, it was a couple of weeks after, but... Yeah, he was just gung-ho against a good opponent in Collingwood who obviously have given up plenty of midfield fantasy points this season. So that's great coaching by those fantasy coaches. Um, but, yeah, the Carlton situation is an interesting one. Walsh has Melbourne and Collingwood as their last two games, so he's not going to cop a tag, you wouldn't have thought. Maybe Harms, if Harms comes back in, but I doubt it. If, if, if I think they'll back their midfield against the, the lesser midfield of Carton. So, yeah, it's it's looking good in terms of fantasy points for both the Melbourne side and Carton's midfield as well. And in terms of ownership numbers there, like, again, we've got to start looking at offloading McRae. We've mentioned that before. Um, and just being a bit different here and there. So, not much love for Brad Kraut still. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Um and, yeah, there's a couple of the armor cluggage, all these guys with high ceilings that can go big and, and gain you this rank. So there's a few coaches out there that's po- posted me questions, you know, the last couple of weeks especially um, that are ranked, you know, around the low 200s. And they're the types of coaches that are going to make these moves now. You know, Darcy Parrish is in contention in this conversation as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm really big on Brad Crouch, and I think he's just been sensational. Onto the forwards there, so Josh Dunkley 100%, Marcus Bontempelli 92%, Luke Parker 80%, Will Brody 64%, Bailey Smith 60%, Stephen Canelio 40%, and Dylan Moore there 28%. Thoughts there? Yeah, so the Canelio hold ended up okay. Um, there was quite a few coaches that had to hold for for 
the laid out um, and he bounced back well. But um, yeah, I mentioned why I traded Bont in before. There's there's a bit of movement in this forward line, isn't there? So lots of combinations that we can go with. Um, but Dunks, the you know his ceiling's pretty high and um, and get creative. And Sam Berry's another one that had a pretty good game against West Coast. That's not highly owned, and, and there's plenty of others that you can look at. Who are your top three targets for round 22, assuming you don't own any? All right. So again, my um, sort of theme of of it all is points of difference. You know the the outliers and. Hayden Young from Fremantle, although uh, Luke Ryan went off on on the weekend um, against the Bulldogs, which, again, Bulldogs typically give a lot of points up to half-back, so I still think Hayden Young against West Coast is going to have a day out this week and, and for the last game. Clayton Oliver, as we mentioned before, softer Carlton um, midfield. It's going to be a, a big one for him, and he doesn't have Kennedy and Cripps to and Hewitt to contend with in that contested ball, so it's it's a big one for Oliver in my opinion. Um, and the, yeah, the last one is is Brad Crouch again. I just I've tried to personally get him in most weeks. It just hasn't worked out for various reasons, but yeah, he's high on my agenda again this week. Yeah, for me, Darcy Parish. Uh, Bombers uh, pretty good matchups last couple of weeks to finish off the season. There's no ownership there as well. Uh, Chad Warner for me, especially this week. I don't think he's going to get um, set on by Collingwood. The last couple of weeks he has been set on by teams, and he had, had a strong second half there on the weekend as well. So, you know, it just represents what his scoring rate can be, and it accelerated really quickly in that second half last week. So he should do well this week against Collingwood. And the last one there for me is obviously Clayton Oliver there. So I think he will be the target this week. I think he will be the target by a long way. So. You know, those are already there on Oliver. Um, uh, well done to you, but, you know, you're going to get some people matching that trade. So, you know, you just got to weigh up. You know, can you pick a player that's uh, potentially in a better matchup than Oliver this week? And uh, it's going to be hard to imagine that you're going to find anyone. So uh, Oliver's a pretty big vice-captain captain option uh, for this week there as well. I think he could absolutely go nuts. So um, I think he's going to be a big target this week. Jeff, thoughts? Although Oliver will likely go 120-plus, I still think um, anything can happen in these games. And, and Brad Crouch, and as I mentioned before, those points, those guys that are really different um, could hold you in good stead if, if everyone, especially in this week, in this case, uh, the, the popularity of Oliver this week, which would be pretty large. Uh, notable low break even. So Elijah Holland's big game last week, minus 11 there. Brent Tickle solid last week. In the ruck for Port Adelaide, minus 13. Callum Dawson, minus 4. Josh Worrell for Adelaide. Solid again last week. Scores didn't really get there, but his break-even is 4. And Ash Johnson getting up there in price. His break-even is 6. Thoughts, any one of those, Jep? Yeah, all of them are going great. Um, obviously, Holland's coming off a really good game with a big score and, and lots of confidence, which I think he needs at this point of his career too. So... Surely he he knows now he belongs and he's had to be very patient. Uh, so owners uh, can rejoice. And I think even if you're a non-owner and you want to play that loophole game, it's, it's not a bad option as long as you're not giving too much. Notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target the last couple of weeks. So just looking at 130 plus break even. So at this stage, you know, if you can afford a trade in, I wouldn't care too much about Ray Gavin, but would still go through those anyway. So Zach Merritt there, 141. 
Ben Keys 140, uh, Rory Laird there 139, Darcy Parrish 135, Jack Sinclair 135, and then we get in Jack Steele 131, Tom Stewart 131 after his low score last week, Chick Miller there at 130, Caleb Mills there at 130, thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, look, like you said, there's there's not too much worry at this point of the season. It's just matchups who's going to get tagged. Um, looking at it all, I don't think it's it's too much of a problem with any of the players that you mentioned and specific tagging roles this week. Notable strong scoring output with 115 plus average last three rounds. So Brad Crouch 133, you've mentioned him there. Rory Laird there at 132. Ryan Marshall there, very strong 130. Uh, Luke Ryan sold last week, uh, 124, and he does have a high ceiling. So if you're looking for a, certainly a one-off against West Coast this week, so we'll, maybe you could still get there against them. So that's at 124. Uh, Max Gorn there at 124. Jack Steele, 118. Patrick Cripps, 117, but now suspended. And Zach Merritt there at 116. Luke Parker, 116. And Andrew Brayshaw there at 115. Now, just on Brayshaw before you go, you've got to imagine that he's, you know, it could be a big ceiling game this week from Andrew Brayshaw. But you look at the flip side on his uh, last round of the season, Jeff, and it's not too favourable for me. So, um, you know, for those that are still rolling with Brayshaw, which is a fair majority of people, uh, highly ranked coaches, you know, West Coast this week could go nuts, but he's staring at a, a GWS Giants uh, last game of the season. So you've got to imagine he's going to be set up for a tag in that game. And obviously the Giants are going to miss finals. We've known that for quite some time now. And McVeigh's still rolling out tags and cooler top roles. So, yeah, that's one to keep an eye out for next week. But I think, you know, last last chance saloon for those that, you know, are willing to trade out Brayshaw in the last game of the season, uh, that he might be the last time around this, this week. And a pretty decent vice-captain, Captain Ochen, you would think, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. He'll be in my vice-captain captain calculations, no doubt about that. I um, uh, O'Neill from West Coast has tried to do a cooler role um, mm-hmm. here, there, and, and a bit of a run with, which hasn't worked to great effect. Uh, so, yeah, I can't see O'Neill keeping up with Brayshaw either, and uh, it could be quite a big game for the young fella. Uh, and obviously, on a side note, Brayshaw's likely to look at, you know, being contention with Brownlow and on players know this and they they gear up for that so yeah expect a big one from Brayshaw for sure um but yeah it's it's it's, it's those soft matchups you, you know we talked you talked about Luke Ryan Led I think has another soft matchup this week we also got Mills versus Collingwood so there's a there's a few things to like and um, and to get excited about Alrighty, on to a few key players for the listeners to finish off the podcast. Time to play like or dislike. We're going to do a 26-pack to finish off. Alright, Jeff, like or dislike on these. Darcy Parrish for me to like. Uh, no, dislike for me. I think, um, you know, with Essendon's situation, not gearing up too much for big wins and, and big games, it's it's not a player I'd look at. Jaden Stevenson, so uh, Lee Adams... Wanted to get a bit of a look at Aaron Hall and Jaden Stevenson both in the defence in, inside D50 to see what it would look like with two players there coming out of D50 who can put some pace on the ball and cut some corners with their kicks. Obviously, a lot of turnovers last week, but, you know, they're still willing to try those kicks. But two of them in that D50 is probably not so good for either. So, 
you know, one or the other is not bad. Maybe we can hit some ceiling gains. But, yeah, Jaden Stephen, a dislike for me, especially, you know, if you're going to roll with both of those in there, and they will be both ball-hungry. But, yeah, Stevenson, a bit of a weak game there last week. I wonder if that lasts this week. So uh, definitely a, a pass for me, so it's a dislike. Yeah, passes from me as well. I think, although we take calculated risks um, in these last two rounds, I don't think Jaden Stevenson's got the high enough ceiling and, he, yeah, he's, his role is still a little bit fluid, isn't it? So dislike. Yeah, Tom Stewart, uh, interesting here. So the last game is what we geared up for against West Coast at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, Gold Coast might put some attention into him this week. I'm not sure. So, But still, it's a big like for me. And, yeah, and he can get there in, in you know, one or two quarters. So still a big like for me. Uh, yeah, like for me too. And I expect Holman to, to be quite physical on on. Tom Stewart during the game. Zach Merritt, a uh, big like for me. Uh, last couple of games are pretty decent matchups for the Bombers, so that's why I'm into that Darcy Parish zone as well. So, Essendon, a couple of good games to finish off for the midfielders, so uh, Zach Merritt, big like for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to be a bit different and say dislike. I just, again, like Parish. I don't think Essendon have much to play for in terms of big games and, and that... Um, when you're that little bit off or a little bit deterred, it, it's not going to equate to fantasy score. So I'm going to say dislike. Port Adelaide and Marvel Stadium under the roof this week for Essendon. And then we go Richmond, who not shutting down any midfielders. So, And that'll be at the MCG to finish off with. I think they are juicy matchups. But anyway, we'll see how that plays out there for you. Already on to Tim English. So big like for me. Yeah, love, love the English now, um, especially with the dogs really vying for that top eight spot. Clayton Oliver, huge, huge monster potential this week, so big lock. Yeah, he's got to be number one target, lock. Uh, Mitch Duncan, still okay for me, but he's still in that range. You know, Geelong are resting players, still managing players. He's in that zone to be managed, so we'll see how that plays out for the last couple of weeks for Duncan. Uh, Chris Scott seemed to say that they should be pretty settled from this point on, So, uh, but still it's an okay lock for me. Um, yeah, look, I'll say like as well. Again, I can see him going big against West Coast uh, next week with the look ahead. But, um, yeah, even still, he, he's a top performer. Uh, thanks, Orko. The risk is just too elevated for me, so just a dislike for me. Yeah, dislike for me as well, no doubt. Uh, Max Gorn, be a huge game last week, so big like for me. Yeah, yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? Um, and quite... Um, he looked in the zone, if that's a, if that's the right term. He just did. He, he was on a mission and trying to get his team over line. Didn't quite get there. So yeah, they got a lot to play for Melbourne, and um, Gorn's going to be a big part of that. So it's a big like for me too. Sam Berry in that midfield for Adelaide. So they love him in there. Uh, he's in their contested numbers with uh, Rory Lee there as well. So I don't mind it. So I'm going to say a bit of a like here for me. I've been an owner for about, I'm guessing, five or six weeks now. So, um, yeah, like for me, he uh, watching him live in the flesh on the weekend on Sunday. Um, yeah, you can see why the, the Crows rating so highly and he's going to have a big fantasy game about him next year and, and further and beyond that, you know, for the rest of his career. So, like. Harry Himmelberg back inside the 50 last week for the Giants. Uh, again, watch team selection. It's not where he's lined up on the field. Uh, in their team selection, it's you know who's coming in that in and out of that team as far as how many key defenders, key forwards, etc. You know if Riccardi goes out of that team or Hogan goes out of that team or you know there's a potential to be one rock. 
only that you know Himmelberg is a chance to go back there. So that's what you're looking for. You know, is how many in key uh, forwards, defenders, or ruck situation change. So um, otherwise, D50 for Himmelberg to finish the season. But we'll see how that plays out. Very fluid situation. So from that point of view, inside D50, big like for me. Yeah, like for me too, mate. I think. Um yeah, the the mess. Well, him playing back last week, it sort of was noted that it didn't work. The forward experiment for the week didn't work, and they were a bit um, frazzled structurally. I would think that's fair to say. So yeah, I can see him playing and staying back, and and GRS playing younger forwards instead. So this would be like. On to Jordan Degoe. I think it's a bit of a tough matchup for him this week at the SCG against the Swans. Now looking ahead to the next week against Carlton under strength midfield. It might be a big like next week, but not this week, so dislike you. Dislike for me as well. I um, I just don't think Degoe's shown us his ceiling all year, so you need those ceiling players now. Yep. On to Lockie Whitfield. So uh, that is the role that we need to see him playing. He was outstanding last week, so zipping out of D50 when given a ball and just using his pace accelerating through, that's as good as he has looked for quite some time, so... You know, he's, he, we know his ceiling is high. It, it is a monster. So, you know, it's a it's actually a pretty big like here for me. Uh, I'm going to say dislike. I think Essen has a soft matchup was a big part of why he went well. And, um, yeah, I call him Glassman Whitfield these days as well. So dislike. On to Zach Butters. So in the midfield, numbers uh, pretty solid. So, you know, I think he plays in there the last couple of games. So like for me. Uh, dislike from me straight away. Again, probably doesn't have the the natural game to propel his scores up 120 plus. So that's what I'm looking for. Sam Walsh. So uh, look, I don't think he's getting tagged this week or next week. So um, he's going to have full licenses. Pretty much the number one ball winner for Carlton. So you know, uh, it's a really big like here for Sam Walsh. Again, I don't think he's getting sat on this week or next week. So. You know, when you've got a player of the capability of Walsh, and we did see what he did last year when he was inside that midfield, um, and he's obviously clearly going to be there again this week and next week. But the only thing is that um, he doesn't have Patrick Cripps in there feeding him the ball out. So we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, still a big like for me for Walsh. Yeah, big like for me as well. I, uh, I, I think he's in for a big final two games again. Carlton vying for that top eight and he's a natural leader isn't he that young fella so he'll go well and it'll be a big game for him so like uh, Bailey Smith here so a couple of interesting matchups you know the Giants could actually look to to match up against him this week and you know you go into that last game of the season and the Hawthorne and the Bulldogs so you know Sam Mitchell could could do something against Smith there in that game as there as well so bit of a sketchy one here for me I'm going to sit on the side of the fence and say might be just a little bit of a dislike here for me. Uh, yeah, look. Yeah. Oh, look, I, again, I, I feel like with what the Bulldogs need to do, they must win, so they've got to be all in. And I can't see them throwing away their season right now. Bailey seems a big part of that. I'm going to say like. On to Brad Crouch. Uh, you've already said like, so I know where you stand. Uh, yeah, a bit of an alternative pick, so I don't mind the pick. Yeah, he's... He's just underrated. I just, again, I kind of hoped I jumped on four, four weeks ago and backed myself and it kicked me in, in the backside again. So, yeah, big like. He 
He's got. We had him a year or two ago when, you know, he he was mid priced and he basically stood in most of our teams all year. And for this reason, well, for some reason, sorry, he's gone under the radar. So doesn't get enough credit. Great point of difference, like Aaron Hall. So again, if Stevenson's back in back in that V50 for the Kangaroos, they're probably going to be sharing ball. Um, outside D50, but you know the Kangaroos, if they consider a stack of inside 50s, um, that you know they could be still scoring opportunities. Stevenson's a pass for me. Hall on obviously a little bit more of a light, but obviously you do play with injuries here a little bit there as well. Uh, might be just a little bit of reduced ball if Stevenson is back there, so but still a little bit of a like here for me. I, no, I wouldn't say dislike. The injury risk is just too much for me. On to Tom Mitchell. So I said it earlier, Hawks are in that range of you know potentially messing around with the team last couple of games of the season, going to miss finals there as well, obviously. So what we're looking at his potential change in that midfield for Hawthorne, Sam Mitchell might, might want to get a look at that midfield. So uh, definitely a dislike here from Tom Mitchell. Yeah, uh, he's got some good matchups. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't see him scoring poorly against Richmond and the Bulldogs. So... In that sense, it's great, but yeah, like you, like you noted, it's just we don't know what's going to happen in terms of role and and time and time on ball. So look, I'll still say like given the matchup and given the benefit of the doubt. On to Hugh McCluggy, so it's a like here for me. Yeah, massive like for me too. On to Luke Davies Uniaki, so bit of a point of difference. Can get there from his scores. Um, I don't think he would be sat on the last couple of games. So, yeah, for me, I don't mind it. But, yeah, obviously we're looking at monster monster scores. And if you, you're trying to pinpoint someone to go up against a trading target of Clayton Oliver this week, you know, that LDU is not the one because it's still Oliver by a long shot. But, you know, if you're looking for a point of difference there and just, you know, trying to risk it a little bit, uh, he could be an option there. So I don't mind it from that point of view. Yeah, look, neither do I. I think LDU has proven last, you know, month or so that he can hit a higher score. So, yeah, I'll say like. Uh, Nick Dacos, for me, still like, and we know he can hit a ceiling. Yeah, definitely like. Uh, Tom Lupatore, so he, again, he's just not that A-grade type, premium scoring type player. Uh, he can get there, but, you know, obviously we need to, someone reliable. Um, so, a bit of a dislike here. I just think there are a bit of better options available. Yeah, it's the mouse to feed, isn't it, of, of the Bulldog to midfield. So, yeah, too many to play around with. I'd, I'd fade um, Liberatore dislike. On to Luke Ryan. So uh, you would think it's a pretty decent matchup this week. You know, if there's any uh, holding onto the ball from Fiamano's point of view across uh, halfback against West Coast this week, you've got to imagine that Ryan's going to be part of that action. So we know he has a pretty big ceiling, so um, he might be a pretty decent matchup this week. I like the pick. Yeah, I like the pick too. Uh, next one, Mitch McGovern. So scores have actually been quite decent the last couple of weeks, but I just think he's just that level below the premium scoring top midfield uh, defenders. Uh, but he's taken a stack of marks. So yeah, go and have a look at how many marks he's taken the last couple of weeks. So in that range, you know, and it, you know, I've said no dislike, but. Let me just give you paint a little bit of a picture for you here. Is that you know Melbourne last week against Collingwood, uh, Collingwood can concede some inside fifties, but they conceded a stack against Melbourne. 
So Carlton's midfield is now way, way under strength. And I'll just repeat, way, way under strength. You've got to imagine that Melbourne are going to get a stack of inside 50s against Carlton. We know Carlton struggled last year, defensive defensive transition in that midfield, and they did, they were poor defensively. Now, last couple of weeks, McGovern has taken a stack of marks. So, you know, based on this week, this matchup, you've got to imagine that McGovern's going to see a stack of opportunities to take marks um, against all these inside 50s Melbourne are potentially going to get. Now, the week after, you've got to imagine that, you know, Collingwood could be in that same situation. So an understrength midfield is going to concede potentially a stack of inside midfield, uh, inside 50s. So great opportunity. This is a big, this is like a zero. No, nobody's owning Mitch McGovern. But, yeah, look at these marks last couple of weeks and then look at what potentially could happen in the next couple of weeks. He's in that range to average like 100 last couple of games. That's for sure. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, opportunity is there, but it's still a dislike for me. Yeah, I see what you're saying, mate. I, you know, the the, the opportunity and, and it's, the likelihood is there, but just into play, and I just think there are way better options. So dislike. And the last one here is Jai Simpkin. So alternative in that midfield. Uh, don't mind it. But I don't think he's going to get set on this week. I wouldn't have thought so against the Crows and his matchup in the final game of the home away season. I don't think it's going to be too bad there as well. So. A uh, bit of a different pick. I don't mind it, but, you know, obviously there are way better options out there, such as Clayton Oliver again. So uh, for me, from that point of view, just there are better options. Dislike for me. Yeah, a thousand percent agree with you, buddy. Dislike for me as well. Final thoughts ahead of round 22. Um, yeah, pick your trade targets. Don't leave your captain's pick too late. Too, too late. And um, decent coverage. You know, these laid outs might be a popular theme in this last few rounds and we don't want to get caught with our pants down. So um, plan ahead, make sure you, all your loophole situations are, are sorted with, you know, whoever your um, non-playing player is and the timing of that game. Um, but, yeah, enjoy the round of footy. Only two weeks to go, Pete. So yeah. we're almost at the end. For me, uh, it's matchups. So... Uh, I don't know if you're looking at this one, but Clayton Oliver, vice-captain, into, you know, Zach Merritt into captain at Marvel Stadium under the roof against Port Adelaide, who are now out of uh, calculation for finals. So I think it's actually look at your matchups, look who's going to give up a stack, you know, look at under the roof. You know, Clayton Oliver against that car at midfield, man, I've got to imagine... A 140-plus game is well in the range of uh, outcomes this week, and it could be more. So it's a, that's a big vice-captain option right there. Um, yeah, and you've got Rory Laird early there as well. Um, I don't think he's going to get set on too much, and he's just been outstanding. So against North Melbourne, who are travelling to the Adelaide Oval. So you, you could roll anywhere from uh, Rory Laird into um, Clayton Oliver, but if you would just want to skip one of those and, and go into Zach Merritt, the final one. Um, so just thoughts on there. Do you, do you reckon most will sit in that Rory Laird, Clayton Oliver, vice-captain, captain option? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to VC uh, Oliver, no doubt about it. I, I think Laird, every time I thought he might just have an average game, an average game for him is about 120, isn't it? So uh, you'd think Adelaide will control North Melbourne at Adelaide Oval and... 
it might ping around lead a bit more. So I'm prepared to go with Oliver as a VC into Brayshaw from Fremantle. Mm. Um, that game's at the same time, and that's the issue. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Apologies. I did look at this today. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's that that is correct. So yeah, look, I, I'm a lead, not well. I don't own lead, so it's um it's stinging me quite a bit. So yeah, at the moment it is still Oliver. Um, I'm still gonna either VC or see him. I'm undecided between Dunkley. He's on the list, and then Callum Mills is also against on the list as well against Collingwood. Um, we're just gonna check the weather for that SCG game. All right, so here's the deal, and there's a bit of weather about this week, so just check that forecast there out as well. So a couple of questions I'm going to ask you here, Jeff, just to finish off the pod. So we both think Brayshaw and Oliver are in for potential big scoring games this week. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, now two questions here. First one is um, pick one to score the highest, Oliver or Brayshaw? Oliver. Yeah, I'm with Oliver too. And the second one is there, where is the majority going to head? Where are the majority of coaches going to put their potential vice-captain or captain option? Will it, would it be Brayshaw or would it be that Oliver game? Well, it would be probably the Laird game. I think the VC, that's the early game and all the Laird owners will just VC him because it's more a fear of what he could do against North Melbourne, um, not necessarily what he does. And then, oh, yeah, I've got Oliver as my backup or Brayshaw as my backup. It's pretty easy selection. So that's what I think the majority will do. It will be VC-led Captain Oliver or Captain Brayshaw, pending ownership, and, and that's the way it will sort of pan out. Yeah, so that's the that's the question. Is it where are the majority get? So if everyone does the VC into Laird, where are the majority going to go if Laird doesn't get there? So is it will it will it be Oliver or will it be Brayshaw? Where are the majority going to head? Do you think? Oh, I th- I think Oliver is will be the majority for sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's just you know, at this stage of the session, these are the questions you've got to ask yourself because you, you need to provide some type of um, potential. You know, if something happens or as a failure of a score, you know, God forbid that injuries do happen, but they do happen and. But this this matchup for Oliver against Car- um, Carlton, I mean, I've talked it up so much. He'd, he'd want to be scoring pretty decent at this stage. So, um, all right. So the next question, I'll finish off with one more question. So Laird scores one twenty five. What are you doing? Oh, I'm keeping that. Yeah. Too much can go wrong in a scenario when you're trying to chase points. Effectively, what if if you don't take a one twenty five from Laird, you're effectively risking. 125 points for an extra 10-point game. Mm-hmm. So I think the ceiling, or 15-point game, if Oliver's ceiling's 140 and we think he could get to 140, then it's it's, it's only 15 points, and but every point counts, obviously, but it's too much of a risk and you take the 125. Yeah, for me, I'd be doing this... Uh, yeah, at some stage, if you're still behind, if you had a top 100, you know, still chasing a hat, or if you're... You know, inside that you know, top hundred, and you're chasing obviously better rank, or if you even if you're outside top thousand and trying to get in there, you know that potentially I would almost forego the lead vice captain option. You know, you'd probably come out and score 150 now, but I would forego that one and vice captain um, Oliver into Merritt because I still think that Merritt uh, game to finish off against Port Adelaide is very nice. So. 
you know, and just, just to provide a little bit of leverage off what everyone else is doing. So if you're thinking everyone's going to do lead into, you know, Oliver or lead into Brayshaw, you know, give yourself an alternative for a bit of a change here. So because if, if lead only scores 100 and everyone just jumps onto Oliver Captain and not, he scores 105, man, all of a sudden you've got, you know, Merrick can pick up 130, 140 and you've picked up 35 points just for being that little bit different. And, and it's not that, you know, because I think, out of the four of them, Brayshaw, Oliver, Laird, and Merritt, I think Merritt probably comes in at number four. But just structuring structuring what you do and who you take can provide you that little bit of leverage. So just thoughts on that, just to finish off. Yeah, I think I agree with the top four. And and again, yeah, you, we're trying to find a point of difference in the captains, aren't we? We're, yeah. we're we're getting creative at this time of year. We we don't have these discussions around four or five. We sort of play a straight bat, but um, yeah, look, it's again, it's these are the discussions that the coaches ranked, you know, between 200, well, 101 and 300, they've got to ask themselves, what are they prepared to, to do to to get in that top 100 and, and that's, yeah, that's a really good discussion point, and say I, I was ranked 200, I would definitely not VC led, I would be going the different route, like you explained earlier, um, and VCing Oliver, uh, no doubt about it. Just because, yeah, those 30, 40 points, I don't think, I think Laird's game, it will be more of a team game of Adelaide where, you know, the young, less likes get more of their hands on it and not so much Laird. He doesn't have to do as much dirty work given it's a softer matchup. But again, I've said that before and he still plays a bad game and scores 120. So it's what you think your captain of VC can score and, and what exactly what you said earlier again, what you think the majority will go with. So, yeah, interesting times. I love these strategies and these discussions at these time of year, mate. It's uh, It makes for a lot of fun with, you know, a little bit of consequence if it goes wrong, but not, you know, not the end of the world, is it? Alrighty, Jep, all the best for your team this week and all, obviously all the best for the listeners um, for their score this week. So, yeah, just alternative thinking and try and just get a little bit of leverage in your team and that vice-captain-captain option is a potential there as well this week. Alrighty, all the best this week, Jep. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.